0: Welcome to Behind the Sofa. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Behind the Sofa where we review the top 100 horror movies of all time. My name's Ollie.
1: And I'm Kirsty.
0: I don't know. (laughs) This is a bit different bit different than last week's that's just for sure. a little
1: bit you've been you've been hanging on to the aliens thing from playing alien isolation which is a creepy game
0: and then i've been looking at different like little alien games like little alien like painty models you can get i was like oh man
1: nerd. i'm well
0: and truly entrenched Total and, nerd. Uh, and then all of a sudden i'm whisked away to the to the wilds wild of Wales. Of Wales. <laughs>
1: i have i have one other thing to add before we delve into this week's uh, film so go for it uh this is this is quite fun actually uh in discussion with uh one of our fans followers listeners whatever you would uh, prefer to call them uh my good buddy ross from work hi ross you're probably listening hopefully listening Say hi. Hi Ross. <laughs> so uh, Ross will regularly give me his feedback on the film, ask which one's coming up next and all that which is great fun to, uh, to have. So uh, one thing was that I actually raised the point on last week's episode about um, uh, the, the comparison between Alien and Aliens and Terminator and Terminator 2 with the whole action versus horror thing. Mm. That was actually a point that Ross brought up to me, and it was clearly in the forefront of my mind, but I failed to credit him, so apologies for that. But now... I've we, said it straight. I've done my housekeeping. We so. got,
0: we got you, Ross. <laughs> um,
1: so apart from that, we're we, going like from, from uh, you know, twenty fifty something, twenty one, whatever the year is that yeah. uh, the aliens is all the way back to nineteen thirty two for this week's one. So
0: yeah, uh, yeah. So like I said, <laughs> could not be more chalk and cheese.
1: Yeah, utterly. But it will be interesting to find out by the end of this whether we feel that. It has a, a place on the list. So, so
0: come on, tell us what we're uh, what were you talking about this week?
1: Yeah, so this week is uh, number 71 on the list. This came out in 1932, directed, directed by James Whale, who did uh, Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, The Invisible Man. Uh, Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein are both on the list as well, which we haven't reviewed yet, but I'm no. looking forward to. Uh, this is The Old Dark House, which is um, uh, an adaptation of a J.B. Priestley novel called Benighted. Um, which is uh, which sounds yeah.
0: like a, a romantic comedy starring uh, Elizabeth Hurley really yeah, benighted like she goes back in time and falls <laughs> or, in love and falls in love with a knight
1: or a knight comes back it comes oh, into come, the future in future yeah. now we're
0: talking <laughs> isn't there some terrible Netflix movie that's just got that plot very plot
1: possibly we saw it recently possibly
0: we didn't see the movie we saw the thing for it but anyway um i digress
1: (laughs) okay so go on
0: tell us tell us something
1: okay so this is uh like i said this was 1932 there was another one that came out in the 1960s which meant that this one i think due to like weird copyright laws this one was kind of shelved for a long while and then it was actually brought back out again so no
0: they they lost it Really? Yeah, this is like a one of the the great lost movies. Ah. So like for a long, long time, um, you know, when you've when you're the director of stuff like Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein, and all of a sudden one of the great movies that you made with Boris Karloff and uh, James Lawton and all these different people like disappears, then it kind of gets a bit of a reputation. So and also it was uh, the pre. Hayes Code. I, I, so, I was
1: reading about the Hayes Code. I yeah. never knew anything about it. And it's yeah, absolutely so, fascinating. So
0: basically, you know, back pre-code. in those days, it probably had like some real reputation. Like, S- you see some woman's shoulders. Like, <gasps> <laughs> oh
1: my God. And
0: a scar. A man has a scar. <gasps> uh, and, and yeah, so yeah, this movie was like, you know how terrible, like back in those days, film reels were made out of fucking matchstick heads and <laughs> you know I mean gasoline or whatever it was that, so they couldn't find this movie and then Universal found it and then they had to restore the negative I don't think it came out back out until like the 70s yeah so yeah so that is, that is why it's uh yeah, it's, it's
1: so it's so interesting. Like I said, I I hadn't read about the Hays Code, so a quick uh quick rundown of like some of the bits that that are in this film, why it was sort of so taboo. So it talks. There's bits that talk about religion. So this essentially the Hays Code was like a precursor to like the um like the rating system that we yeah, have like now, the, like
0: in England, like the BBFC. Yeah. Kind of so code.
1: so rather than having age ratings, they would have things that you could and could not talk about, or could or could not show. So it wasn't just violence or uh. Um, uh. uh you know sexual stuff or anything like that it was discussions on religion classism um you know all of these like really bizarre things that they decided that that you know like you just didn't want to talk about and also things like if there's a bad guy in it the bad guy must get his comeuppance by the end of the film like the bad guy can't win
0: which is uh which is interesting now you say it when you think about the end of this movie Mm -hmm. like uh does it? Does the bad guy get his comeuppance? Ooh, I mean, one of them, maybe. One yeah. of them, possibly not.
1: Yeah, but the then, other one,
0: definitely not.
1: Yeah, but then it's it's like working out who the bad guys are that's and what, I mean, what the that's true what I mean, story no. is. So yeah. that's why it makes it such a great mystery. So, like we said last week, it's um, uh, I actually got it wrong uh, in saying that Boris Karloff was like the uh, like alcoholic father. He's actually the alcoholic butler, um, and he is incredible. Like, utterly incredible. Like, I, I'm sorry for sort of jump ahead on, like, some of the characters. The characters are going to be what we're, what I think we'll probably end up focusing yeah, yeah. on a, a lot in this. But he is amazing. Like, they, they actually put a, uh, a disclaimer at the beginning of this. Because it came out, um, uh, like, a year after uh, Frankenstein. So they actually put a thing that came up on the screen at the beginning of the film. It wasn't on the one that we watched. But it is on the one if you go to tinyurl.com slash uh watch the old dark house you can watch the trailer and you can watch the entire film as well so go and check it out it's like an hour and 12 minutes it's really you know like it's worth watching but they actually stuck a disclaimer and it is quote Karloff, the mad butler in this production is the same Karloff who created the part of the mechanical monster in frankenstein we explain this to settle all disputes in advance even though such disputes are a tribute to his great versatility so they were basically saying like Makeup aside, he is yeah, still that, this playing is the, guy. the lumbering yeah, yeah. creature, um, and he looks so different. He looks more like a wolf man in this. Than, yeah, uh, he's
0: got like a gnarly, like John Locke scar, like, like over his eye. eye. Yeah, yeah.
1: he's just and he and he doesn't speak a single intelligible word throughout the entire film.
0: The first time you see him, when he opens the door to the uh. Uh, to the mansion deeply deeply creepy (laughs) oh it's so good
1: yeah it's just his face and you can just see like part of his face with this scar that's this open scar that's like running across the bridge of his nose and he just stares at you and it's like he's staring through you
0: would you want to live life with a scary face like boris karloff like imagine just like going down like going to the petrol station like yeah pump pump three please
1: (laughs) Do you mean do you mean Boris Karloff or do you mean Morgan the Butler?
0: No, I mean like uh, well, I feel like Boris Karloff has that face though, right?
1: No, he didn't really look like that. Let me grab a. I'll grab a picture.
0: Yeah, well, I know what Boris Karloff looks like, but I feel like. Maybe it's just that he's so good at what he does. I mean, he, wasn't, he's...
1: he wasn't that terrifying, but know. he could turn that face. Curtis K- Kers- the...
0: just showed me a pretty terrifying he photo had the... of Forrest Carter. Yeah.
1: <laughs> he had if the... that was he... like your,
0: if that was like your yearbook photo, you'd be like, Jesus, <laughs> it's Christ. very true,
1: it's true. But I mean, he doesn't. Ha- he's got the Lon Chaney um, skill. Of like facial expressions, yeah, he like changes
0: face like yeah. depending on the character he's playing.
1: And I did my my fun thing. I don't know whether I've mentioned it on here before, but one of my things that I tend to do when we're watching films is I work out. Is that actor tall or is that actor short? And I spent my time <laughs> here going, "How tall is Boris Karloff?" And it turns out he was like five eleven, so he was.
0: Oh really? Oh, yeah. that's so disappointing. I know. Like, I I'm the same like... size. Me and Boris Karloff are the same. Me and Frankenstein are the same height.
1: Yes, but Franken uh, when he was Frankenstein, he wore like lifts his his shoes weighed an absolute ton. Mm. We'll go into that a little bit more when we get into um, uh, when we get into Frankenstein, but. Um, yeah in this so like he wasn't massively tall but he looks built like wide and so imposing and like just everything and um apparently uh, with an interview with Gloria Stewart who plays uh, Mrs. Waverton in this he used to uh, in between takes he would run up and down the stage like the set um so that he would get that kind of worn out out of breath like <laughs> like yeah. look Drunk, she was the like drunkard look yeah and she was like well why don't you just fake it and he was like that's not how i work like he had a method His method he was fully method he's he's just oh he's just fantastic in this it just makes me want to watch every single thing that he's been in so thankfully we have a few more that he's in yeah
0: um
1: and he was fantastic in black sabbath as well yeah yeah, he's just rad so like yeah i'm just gonna like devour everything that boris karloff has ever done i think yeah but i mean it's not just him though but for him it was him and one other person in this production that whenever they were on screen i could not take my eyes off them do you think you can you can guess the other
0: well um what is the name of pendle
1: uh yeah, Pendle was. Hang on, Is it,
0: his name's not Pendle though, right? No, Pendleton. One
1: second, one second. Oh, I'm pulling up the whole thing. <laughs>
0: um, he was he was fantastic. I also no Mel-
1: Melvin Douglas. So he was like the. He got a lot of roles that were that was like very suave, he's you a, know, ca- like he's lady, a like a a lady killer <laughs> and all that. But he was fantastic from the start as well. He was sort of slightly. He's one of those people who's just if. Ever so slightly drunk all the time, yeah. and uh, yeah, he played he played a, a great role as well. But it wasn't it wasn't actually him. It was um, Charles
0: Lawton. It was Charles Lawton. I oh, think he's fucking great. In this. I've never <laughs> seen I've yeah. never
1: seen a, a film that I know of uh, with Charles Lawton in. So he plays like Sir Bill Porterhouse, who is. You know, Perfect the, name. The Perfect most,
0: name for this character. The most you could wonderful... Just, you could sense that dripping was running yeah. through his veins. Uh,
1: <laughs> the most wonderful northern... And he was actually northern as well. But like, it was kind of... I don't yeah, know if it, it was he's, a he's
0: from Dudley, I think.
1: Uh, Scarborough. Or he was, oh, born, was born in Scarborough, at okay. least. But... It was almost a nod to J.B. Priestley, who was a good old Bradford boy as well. Yeah. Like He was he was Northern, and that's why I was asking you about Hubberholm, because that's where his ashes are scattered, J.B. Oh, well, yeah. Priestley's. Uh, and only three, the three people who attended his funeral know exactly where they're buried. So he was uh, like a private, very private, private man.
0: We're going to be going out on a, on, a, on a treasure hunt. Yeah, for sure. Yep. ashes.
1: Yep. Um, but yeah, it was... Uh, he's, he's just like this great northern guy and he was actually uh daniel day lewis has said that uh charles lawton was like one of his like inspirations for you know like he just whatever scene he's in Mm. he is reacting he is always present and you just whenever he's talking as as soon as he about like just barreled through the door he's just fantastic
0: the thing is, he of all the characters, he gets uh, fleshed out the most mm. and he delivers this really kind of like cool, poignant uh, like speech about how he loved his wife so much and um, he spent all his money buying her a cotton dress and all the people, the high society types, like looked down on her and she basically died of a broken heart yeah or maybe killed herself
1: implications Implications, of suicide but they couldn't quite say it yeah exactly
0: so uh, and then yeah so he gives this great speech it just so happens to be in the middle of quite a funny slightly goofy horror movie yeah um let's just get down to it what did you think of it did you like really did you enjoy it or um
1: it really wasn't what I expected no, because same. Um, I mean I we try not to read too much about them um, before we watch in case there's any spoilers or in case it kind of influences us in any way. But I was thinking it was going to be more on the creepy side but it's got this dark humour that just runs all the way through it and and a certain campiness to it, which I I really enjoyed. So it really wasn't what I expected. But again, I don't know whether these kind of films have kind of been spoiled, not spoiled for us, or that we've been spoiled in that um, we've got a, a preconceived idea of what horror actually is. And getting to go back and watch these films from like the 20s, the 30s, the 50s, and get to see like the origins, Uh, I keep talking about it, but like where we get to see where these ideas came from, um, and who came after them, and who was inspired by them, it is so interesting. So I really enjoyed it as a film, Um, there were a lot of bits where I was like really glued to it, like what is going to happen next. There's a running theme throughout the entire film, which has been used in a lot of other things, where... There'll be a comment and it will be loaded. So it'll be like, oh, um, that lamp, the lamp that they talk about yeah, a yeah. lot uh, is uh, is it's upstairs you know where it is it's upstairs and it's like oh my god what's upstairs yeah. and then and then they're like oh you know my, my father is in the room upstairs and you're like oh what's up with the father and then it's like there's a locked door and and who's Saul and yeah. you know you, you, can,
0: you can see like uh, direct links between something like this and like something like, uh, like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre where uh, it's like creepy family out in the yeah. out in the boonies, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean like uh, out in the country mm-hmm. that's where everything goes wrong like House of the Devil yeah like which is a slightly more kind of like off-kilter one but yeah. you know there's something upstairs in the room that you're supposed to not go in um, you know so many different uh, movies can be traced back to this one this though is the sort of movie that I was not not wary of when we first started this but these this was kind of like what I was afraid of slightly Mm. where i would be more judging it on um oh wow this is really important Mm. and i can see the i can see the lineage of modern horror through this movie but is it a movie i would want to watch over and over and over again no probably not like um there's loads of really interesting Subtext and like little hints and sort of like winks at the camera, lots of like sexuality stuff. Like, mm. it's pretty strongly implied that, um, uh,
1: Gladys, Gladys, and,
0: um, and the and the old lady Rebecca, is that her name?
1: Oh, no, really?
0: Oh, yeah. Well, like, there's no, so, well, there's definitely some sort like of like Rebecca,
1: Rebecca and Mrs. Waverton, yeah. So, Mrs. Ms. Ms. Femme yeah. and Mrs. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Waverton, So, Ms. Fem is definitely sort of like lusting after her a little bit I don't
1: think it was lusting after her she touched her
0: she like, literally know. like groped her I know
1: she did but I think it was more that she I was your, jealous she your, was,
0: I'm jealous of your sexuality and yeah, body and your
1: life okay first, I, uh, yeah. I, I am I've been told since I was a child that I should go away and pray mm. my sister who mysteriously died we, yeah. we then sort of find out later on that like the idea is that like they killed her um for being sinful um but that she's holding on to this, you know, like, uh, I am a, a, a woman of God, but mm. I am envious of anyone who can go out there and live their life. And that's why, you know, like Mrs. Waverton and like Gladys, the the chorus girl and, yeah. you know, uh, all of that was very, you know, I want your life, but I know that it's sinful because of all the things I've been told. And this is why, like, I'm struggling with this. yeah, And that, again, would have been like, Completely yeah, kind of definitely. cut out if it was if it wasn't pre code so,
0: and then like like we said before as well like Saul like mental health and locked mental away. illness like locked away yeah and then you've got this kind of like weird like touching mm. moment at the end where um uh Boris Karloff the butler mm. character sort of like looks totally distraught and sort of like cradles his this dead pyromaniac guy back to you know what after he's been killed he basically like cradles him and carries him upstairs and you're like
1: hmm again okay, it's slightly- a tender it's a tender monster moment and i think it was meant to be not meant to be like a um that they were in a relationship or anything no, like that no, but they not, had a connection yeah. in yeah. the fact that both of them were seen as mad and like embarrassing to the family kind yeah. of thing um but it was meant to be that they kind of kept him around to um cover up not cover up they kept him around to keep saul under control like the pyromaniac brother but secretly i think it was that they were glad that each other was kept around because they were like companions to each other in their insanity i think
0: well i know that i believe that james whale was Mm. was uh was gay and that's which is and in um is it a bride of frankenstein like Mm. the character he plays is kind of like pretty heavily implied to be uh homosexual as well but then
1: like horace horace fem who was played by uh ernest Thesiger.
0: oh so good (laughs) he was he's got (laughs) he is a real character horror
1: face it's like pinched he's got the ears he's got the um you know like he's he's very campy he was like you know it's just gin I like Jin. And it's yeah. just he just had these mannerisms about him and he was just like this permanently nervous, like, I don't know, like a pre-Kenneth Williams kind of... Yeah, like, definitely. He's got that feeling about definitely him. Definitely
0: got some like carry-on screaming vibes yeah. from him. Yeah.
1: And he was, he was great because he was creepy as hell because you knew he was scared of something, but also just gave this like weird off-kilter comic relief to it as well. And uh, yeah, he just, he played a great part. He is in... He is in i believe he's in i can't remember it's either frankenstein or bride of frankenstein he's in bride but, of Frankenstein. Yeah. and he plays like a real campy like yeah, they turn up the that's camp what i like yeah, yeah, yeah. and
0: then uh, i think james well even said or implied that that was kind of like his uh what's the words
1: it was like him on the screen yeah wasn't exactly it? Yeah, it was like, just like a like, code for him in this. basically
0: yeah. um yeah i don't really feel like there's i've got loads to say about this like like mm. i said some i let there were some really great parts like it's even some like weird like uh surreal like distortion moments like when you see uh madam femme and she's talking oh, about in like the, yeah, in the mirror like i was like getting a real like david Lynchy sort of like mm. people's like facial expressions like contorted in this weird mirror and it kept on sort of like replaying it over and over again and i was like wow that must have been a really weird thing to see in the cinema back in the 1930s yeah um you know the setting was fantastic. It had very much like a play-like quality to it. Yes, I could see all it being. One I could. Stage, see, I could yeah. see it being done on stage. You know, quite easily. In fact, it would probably be really great to see something like this on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, the actors were were really good. Um, I just wish. You know, it's easy to say now, from 2020, talking into a microphone into a computer, but part of me is like oh i wish at the time they could have done this that and the other like Mm. something slightly more edge but at the same time that's kind of like real it's not i don't know maybe uh, i've not got the right to say that because they had so many different restrictions at the time and
1: like like it is it's honestly true like like i said you know in in the in the standards of today this is a, an incredibly tame film yeah but i try obviously i have no idea how but i have i try and put myself in the mindset of the person that is
0: what i have a hard time doing sometimes like, mm. i do i like you i do try and put myself in the mindset of like i am in the audience in the cinema in the 1930s what are my reactions but you know what i mean like we're only human sometimes it is hard yeah. to not be like i wish that guy had fucking (laughs) split his head open or i wish there'd been some sort of like slightly more um you know not even not even just gore but like if only some of the the other some of the things some of those kind of like uh bits that we were talking about before if they were like slightly more explicit or something there'd been a little bit more edge to it but like i said that's
1: but, that's like just said, me
0: and my twenty twenty sensibility. Yeah,
1: I mean it, like I said, if you think about like all the things that they had uh, that they sort of included in this film, not least that he was like subverting like gender roles um yeah, within is it within this the, film.
0: The the father up in the up in the room was one hundred percent played by a woman, right? Hundred
1: percent played by a woman. Uh-huh. Uh so her name was Elspeth Dudgeon. What but great, credited great name. <laughs> credited as John Dudgeon. So I don't know if okay. that was to get past was some there things any reason or whatever. in
0: particular they did it that James
1: way. James Whale decided that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to have a woman. Good, good for you, James Yeah, Whale. so I was like, fuck yeah. Like in the 1930s he was like messing around with that. Plus the fact that Horace uh, is like a, you know like a hempecked under the thumb guy with his like overbearing sister, like yeah, just so they kind completely... Of like flip fl- that Yeah, totally, sort of like because, domineering man. Yeah, because every woman in every film, you know, sort of like almost all the way up until now was, you know, like a completely weak, useless, like can't do anything without a man kind of guy. And she was she's not a particularly likable character, but the fact that she just like bullies everyone Yeah she
0: rules the roost. Yeah. 100%. She's a badass.
1: So it was just there's so many things in here that weren't like maybe not seen in other films. They they could have been like pioneering just like from around this era and like I said you know it was before uh, you know all the sort of morality codes and things came in and basically sort of completely covered everything up for like the next like I think like thirty years or so yeah um so they managed to get this one in and like we said you know there are so many bits that you can see that are just like complete nods there are bits in here that are creepy as hell Boris Karloff uh, Saul's creepy laugh. Um, even the father's creepy laugh as well like all of those bits but there's there's just so many little bits that I was just like oh I don't know what's gonna happen next but I'm excited like you know, the hand coming down the banister, like... And
0: then you realise it's not Morgan's hand as <laughs> so well, you're like... And it comes
1: around the corner, you know, like, who the hell is that? Yeah. And and then it just waits there for a bit. Yeah. And then it disappears when the person has come back and there's loads of, you know, like, the teams, the, the group of people split up and yeah. go different ways and you're like, oh, I know where this is going, and then you don't know where this is going. Mm. So there are some really important bits in this film. I found it enjoyable. Um, mm. Whether it belongs on the list as a good scary horror film i'm not sure only because i think that there will be films that came after it that were inspired by it or the director being able to kind of like um like yeah uh, spread his wings a little bit more and get into like he'd already done frankenstein by this point he was then going to go on to do uh bride of frankenstein the invisible man and like cement himself in like horror monster history um yeah I did really enjoy it um but same
0: I enjoyed it much more this one much more it's like a historical artefact
1: yeah worth watching 100% worth
0: watching to figure out sort of like we were saying before like the lineage of horror movies all the different tropes that were were taken uh from this movie like different haunted house tropes like uh trapped out in a rural location
1: mm-hmm. um, the set was amazing by the way
0: yeah no the set was
1: incredible they had like huge sweeping flights of stairs and you got to see like the where... characters like climb all the way to the top of them and you know just like i i love you know like i love the big creepy houses and yeah kind of want to model my own house over <laughs> but but um but like yeah.
0: that that was one of the parts where it was very proscenium-y if, I don't know if that's how you would... No, <laughs> pres- no, explain, presc- explain. Kind of like in the arch of like a theatre. Ah, we like, talked
1: about this before. What so, other film was that?
0: Oh, I can't remember. Oh, it was, was it probably The Unknown? Yeah. So yes. it's kind of like that That whole set, like the, the kind of like fireplace dining room mm. and then up above it was that kind of like uh, landing where Saul decides to like start setting fire to the to the drapes like that yeah. was all like you could like go from one shot you could just pan up and see it yeah so imagine like being in a theater you'd be able to see all that it look fucking awesome yeah um but like i said it definitely had that kind of like theater vibe to it i really i did enjoy it um i can't see myself like going back and watching it again no. i feel like maybe it does have a place in the top 100 though mm. like it will be lower down for me definitely yeah. definitely much lower lower down in the 90s probably but you know that's what we are looking forward to when we do our reshuffle in a couple weeks and this is
1: um this is like i said you know like the the reason for us doing this podcast was to fill in the gaps in our horror knowledge and to really get our education and for this i think that like this is a a really important film like you're saying you know the films that are important the films that shape the genre um and i definitely think that because of that it has it has a place um but like i said it, it may be just as a foundation yeah. for the films that came after it essentially but I think there was one bit that I was like like where we were talking about like what would have like horrified and absolutely shocked people because they would have been like oh my god is um uh like Saul and and Pendril like just going over the top of like through
0: the Some, balcony and when I'm um, like and how and the
1: Bur- hell did they do that
0: and when Boris Korla fell down the stairs because yeah. I'm pretty sure that that was him yeah like i would not really not be surprised if that was just but like boris Karloff, like right well i'm doing it
1: mm. I, I i mean i don't know what the stunt situation was back in those days whether they actually because this was i mean this was only his um second actual like credited role where you know at the beginning they have like the players
0: oh really um, yeah oh, so I he, guess was in, was in, his first. he was in
1: frankenstein and it wasn't um he was only credited in the end credits of frankenstein it wasn't like star billing yeah yeah so this is his first like proper credited credited role wow okay
0: um
1: so yeah he was uh, he was still relatively unknown he wasn't like the absolute legend that like he became um mm. In the years in the years after this, but interesting fact we found out like through through me looking up uh, bits about him again to look up his height I think was uh, the main reason the main driving force behind my uh, internet search of him was that he was actually um, cremated and his ashes are interred in a uh, in a, a crematorium area with a plaque and everything not too far from where we are now, yeah. So I'm like highly tempted to go and like seek it out and just go and like you know say thanks for all of the awesomeness
0: <laughs> throw out the horns yeah I mean.
1: yeah come on you're you're pretty, you're you're pretty metal are, seriously metal um i love my uh my interesting fact which i did not know until i was uh searching this is that gloria stewart who plays mrs waverton is elderly rose dawson from titanic Oh really? It's been eighty-four years. <laughs> that is her. Okay. So she was absolutely stunning in this, and she was like the um, the perfect damsel uh, in her like where she dressed for dinner. She get she the excuse they gave. Obviously they're like soaking wet, so she goes to get changed again. Something that would have not happened yeah, post code, where they got to see her in her like little shorty underwear and stuff, talking about sexy things. Not mm, not yeah, sexy yeah. things, but in a in a, that kind of situation where it was like very loaded um but yeah then she puts her dress on because she's dressing for dinner she's a lady but the idea behind that is james well really wanted her to look like a flame because you've got this running theme of like setting fires mm. flame and and all that kind of stuff and th- he wanted her to look like a beautiful flame as she's being chased by carloff's lumbering monster and i think like it really t- just gave that it's the perfect like fey ray king kong kind of it's that look you know of just being like the wispy female and I'm not mad at it like I'm not mad that that is part of the movie history no to just have that kind of female thing but
0: like I said it's not it's gonna go down the list but I do feel like uh, I, I feel more learned for having yes. seen it yes. i feel like kind of that, that that little blind spot in my horror education has been filled in mm-hmm. uh and now i can uh, change lanes and yeah. get out of this uh terrible driving <laughs> metaphor i've uh, <laughs> i've put myself into anyway well i mean um, we get
1: we get to see uh ernest desiger um and boris Karloff and james well directing for bride of Thank- frankenstein which is number 34 um and then we've got frankenstein which i think is slightly uh, lower down yeah bride of bride of frankenstein is seen as like the
0: yeah the best one
1: the perf so yeah I'm, I'm excited for that and and like i said you know this this film no single word is like uttered by uh boris karloff again he's like just playing like the mute lumbering monster but he is james,
0: james how about throw me a line in the next yeah one? <laughs> well
1: he didn't he, he wasn't particularly happy about the fact that he was just getting to play that but he was just like well you know uh, i guess like this is what you need to do to to yeah. get into the acting biz so <laughs> and and he is just fantastic like i said i just want to go through all the monster movies all the anything with carloff in it anything with christopher lee in it anything with peter cushing in it like these films have like awakened this love that i really want to just watch yeah, like a all classic hollywood sort yeah. of horror movies that i've never
0: really seen before so yeah. now i feel like we're getting uh getting it going right yeah. any anything else you want to say
1: um like i said i think there are it, it's it's a good it's not quite a caper uh it's definitely uh creepy it's definitely got some like you know sort of fairly intense bits where it's just like the tension is quite hanging quite heavy in the air um some great acting some some great parts um it's really really good i think um it's just i think we need to have some more of these um early films to be yeah, able to compare to kind of like them to see
0: where where it stacks up yeah. like at the moment all i'm thinking of is i didn't like it as much as Black Sunday. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. though, that's what. And even then, that was from the '60s, right? Yeah. So what
1: about the unknown. So this is like
0: 30. 30- I kind of like the unknown more. Mm. If I'm perfectly honest, uh-huh. um, yeah. I, I so far the unknown uh, tops it. But yeah, you know, it <laughs> it's smells so weird to talk about these old like <laughs> classic movies and be like, oh man, the unknown fucking the shit out of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just it's but- just not the way to talk about them. But at the same time we have kind of written ourselves into a corner by saying we're a podcast where we review and rank the top 100 horror movies of all time so we've got to rank them and therefore yeah i don't you know i mean for me the unknown is better than it so what more can i say
1: i mean we really really would love to um talk to you guys about this so if you go to uh behind the Sofa podcast on instagram or facebook let us know what you think um like i said earlier tinyurl.com slash watch the old dark house and you'll be able to watch the entire film and then come back to us and let us know what you think um please make sure you're liking rating reviewing subscribing wherever you are because it really really makes a difference and gets us there and also if you haven't seen on our instagram recently um you can now yell at your uh amazon echo smart speaker and they'll play and ask it to play behind the sofa podcast and it will hooray
0: this is so, uh the future
1: yeah it's it's kind of crazy but um yeah so we were uh we I, I, I like i we keep saying I did enjoy this film it's just I want to have I now want to get more into the uh yeah. like thirties horror and get into like golden age and just go through it and just see where
0: this one lands yeah agreed I'd agree with that definitely Um, it's definitely not put me off let's put it that way no 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 it's not made me go like uh, I'm not going to see another movie from the 1930s pop up and be like oh Jesus (laughs) it's not got it's not certainly not got that if anything it's made me sort of like think to myself now I'm more curious to see these ones from the 30s that rank higher than it but yeah. uh, because i liked it so there you go um cool so what's coming up next week
1: oh wait i just want i'm interested to see when we've got another like 30s ish one uh vampire which came out the same year as this one that's a uh, number 59 um and uh yeah then we've got like uh cabinet of dr caligari in a couple of weeks which was 1920 um, but then Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein don't show up until uh, number thirty-seven and number thirty-four, respectively. So, oh. so yeah. So hopefully, once we've got a few more of those under our belt, we can just bring them together and com- and compare a little bit more. But as we said, for pretty much every single film on this list, with a couple of exceptions, maybe absolutely worth a watch. Uh, and then come along and let us know what you think
0: cool good right thank you so much so what's uh, so what is next week then
1: (gasps) next week again we are going into a completely opposite direction this came out in 1966 it is by a director that we are now this will now be the third film that we have watched by him Barber Uh, yeah another Barber yes fuck yeah. yeah what is it so number 70 is Kill Baby Kill which is a really weird. Sounds title. like sounds like a
0: Russ Meyer it movie. It really does.
1: It sounds like there'll be like
0: faster, like big, big, big boobies women.
1: Yeah, and and it's. Uh, I mean maybe to be, to be honest
0: with Mario Bar there are also probably some big breasted women in this one
1: it's very true but um, yeah so Kill Baby Kill also known as Operation Fear I'm not sure which, which of the titles is worse Operation
0: Fear is fucking uh, no way Operation Fear is way better
1: <laughs> yeah again we, we need to look at like it's the whole Italian horror films <laughs> having more than one title it's like oh well we'll just call it both it's fine Kill
0: Baby Kill makes you think it's gonna be like a kind of like 60s counterculture yeah kind of like hippie biker gang that goes around killing people yeah that's what I think please tell me that is what it is no oh okay
1: okay it's it's completely opposite to what the title suggests a sceptical physician encounters supernatural forces when he investigates mysterious deaths in a Transylvanian village
0: Awesome, sounds, so on board. The,
1: the the description sounds great. The title just does not gel. Oper,
0: even Operation Fear doesn't no. really. Gel. Operation Fear sounds like. I a know World he's a War physician, II. but yeah, Operation
1: Fear. No, that sounds more like a World War Two. Yeah, exactly. Like, movement of some kind, but yeah. So really, really looking forward to it. Um, we've we've really enjoyed the Barbers that we've had so far. Maro Barber's
0: like been my big discovery from from watching these movies because, yeah. like I said, I'd seen. I'd seen um, Bay of Blood before like even then I don't think I've seen the whole thing I, th- I, I'd I seen, don't like, think I've I'd seen, seen like of parts Blood, yeah. of Bay of Blood mm. um, and remember thinking oh this is pretty cool but at the time I was watching um, like lots of Argento ah. so I was kind of like well this is just kind of like Argento light but now I'm going back with a more kind of Refined and sophisticated palette but then I think, and I'm thinking, got, this is uh, this is actually fucking amazing.
1: Have we only got one Argento on the list? Man, you got Suspiria.
0: Is deep red on there as well?
1: Is deep red on there? I can't remember. Oh my god, this list is.
0: Um, but yeah, but like I said, Barf has been my big kind of. Uh, he's my guy. I'm a big Barf guy now. <laughs> I'm a... uh <laughs> So I cannot wait to watch this movie next week. Wait, what was the other one? Uh, deep red.
1: No, deep red's not. Suspiria. On there. Suspiri is on there for Tenebrae. sure. Tenebrae? Tenebrae is not on there.
0: Because okay. I remember
1: watching Tenebrae and being like, I have no idea what's going on.
0: Um well there <laughs> you go. So just uh, nope, it's not called Profondo Rosso on there? No, 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 no. no. Okay, well sure. weird. Um so I, I think- would I only one argento movie on this let me
1: do my research and then i'll come back and make sure that we post on behind the sofa podcast on facebook and instagram if <laughs> i manage to find another argento movie on the list
0: it's just going to be a black background with the word yes or no on it and <laughs> then you'll, you'll know you'll know what we mean <laughs> cool so uh, i think that about wraps us up yeah, so um, we, had a
1: lo- we had a long one last week so yeah, we're, we're kind of short, little short one. peanut
0: is literally nibbling at my feet at the moment, she's yeah. got a Kong and she's pressed it up against my feet, and now she's starting Science to mistake peanuts. what's Kong and what's Molly's foot. foot. So, uh, <laughs> so there you go. Right, cool. So, before I lose a foot, let's uh, let's say goodbye uh, so, from behind the sofa.
1: Good night.